Bible study and prayer meeting for this Wednesday night. I hope all is well. Certainly we're going to continue to pray for Sister Winchester in the transitioning of her brother Kenny, and we're going to continue to pray for Sister Diane Pinkney, Deacon and Training Diane Pinkney, uh, for her sister Marianne uh, being called home today, and for whatever the devil is trying to do in your life. We rebuke him in the name of Jesus because he is a liar, and ultimately he is going to lose. As a matter of fact, he has already lost. Amen. So this high and exalted season that we're in, we represent Christ as the high and holy days of our Christian calendar. There is no other holier day than Resurrection Sunday. If there was no resurrection, there would be no Christianity. And as I've been doing for the last several weeks, starting with Ash Wednesday, um, beginning in our our uh, Lent service, we began to kind of focus on Jesus. And I preached a sermon called "The Devil Is Busy, But Jesus Is Busier." And I want to uh, show that tonight in our text, coming from the Gospel according to John, chapter number seventeen. Um, This is a high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed for those who God gave him. And I'm going to start at uh, verse 11 and continue to read until the Lord says stop. Amen. And again, that's St. John chapter, uh, hallelujah, 17 and verse 11 we're going to start. Now I am no longer in the world, Jesus is saying, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, And this is a prayer now, all right? Keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Jesus said he's praying that they would be one, that we, those who are leaving behind, particularly those who he's leaving behind to lead the church. He wants them to be one as he and God are one, all right? He says, while I was with them, in the world. I kept them in your name. Okay, he gave God all the praise and all the glory. He was representing God, his Father. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, uh, hallelujah, the, the, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that's Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world. Uh, that they may be my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your words, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Of course, he's talking about Satan. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your words or your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I'm going to stop there, verse number 19. The word of God for the people of God. Blessed is the name of the Lord. And tonight I want to talk teach for the subject for a little while, as the Lord shall guide me, Jesus prays for you, okay? Present tense, Jesus is praying for you. He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession for all of us. 
Hallelujah. He is the priest, the high exalted priest. He's sitting the uh, right hand of God, representing authority, to take those prayers to God on your behalf. Amen. So let's just look at this a little while, and then uh, we're going to just let you go tonight. But I want you to focus on Jesus praying for you, Jesus praying for you. Uh, the night before the Lord was to be crucified, brothers and sisters, was a night fulfilled and filled with much activity. Jesus was very busy doing last-minute things, teaching the disciples as anyone who knows that their time is limited to be on this earth before they transition. Um, they want you to give you as much as they can concerning things they want to meet with you and teach you. He spent the evening with his disciples in the upper room observing the Passover, teaching them about the Holy Spirit, and generally encouraging them to carry on his work in the world. After they finished their meal, Jesus led them outside the city to the garden called Gethsemane. There he took time to call on his father. Luke tells us that he prayed with such intensity that his sweat became like great drops of blood. And that's found for those of you who always write down scriptures in Luke 22, 41 through 44, okay? You see, in the garden, Jesus was under satanic attack. Jesus was battling the evil one on a grand scale for you and for me as he prayed that night. In other words, Satan was trying to kill Jesus before he got to the cross to finish the work of salvation. God <clears throat> had to strengthen Jesus. We know that through Scripture. John gives us a little insight into this prayer with uh, which Jesus prayed. He allows us to listen in on Jesus as he calls on the Father for us. I am sure, brothers and sisters, that we do not have the record of all of Jesus' prayers in the Bible that evening, but we have this most important one, and, and we have a portion of this high and exalted prayer in John 17. So let us know, uh, let us know where he, his mind is. He is letting us know where his heart is. He is letting us know where his mind is. And guess what? His mind and his heart is on you, and his heart and his mind is on us because he knew he was going to die, but yet and still he took time to pray for you and me. Um, that's love, church. That's someone who is committed to loving us, someone who is committed to doing the work of the Father. Okay, so we need to really recognize the, the love that he has for us. As the cross of Calvary loomed larger before him, as the sure knowledge that Israel would once and for all reject him as their Messiah, with the knowledge that even his own disciples would forsake him and leave him in this resurrection, Jesus took time to pray for his people. He didn't just pray for the 11 men there with him in the garden that night. He prayed, brothers and sisters, for everyone who would ever believe on his name as well. In fact, if you are saved, Jesus was praying for you that night. Glory to God. Jesus opened his prayer by praying for himself in anticipation of rejoicing and rejoining the Father in the glories of heaven. Okay, and then he turns his attention outward to pray for his people. Tonight, I want to zero in on the verses that I read, verse 11 through 26, and teach for a little while um, on the thought Jesus prayed for you. As I said earlier, listen, and let's listen in as the master prays here what he is saying to the Father about his people. 
first thing I want you to look at is he prays for your description, all right? He prays for that. Jesus is headed to the cross. We know that through Scripture. There he will die. Three days later, he will raise himself. God, the power of God will raise him from the dead. And then 40 days after that, he will ascend to heaven. He is leaving his disciples in the world to carry on his work. These verses teach us the will of the Lord for his people as they journey through this world. Um, There's no thing that we have to guess about. It is written in the word of God, the assignment that God has given each and every one of us. And even though he has given us scripture to follow, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you to all truths and give you insight on what God would have you to do, even in the 21st century. He wants you to be secure. These verses speak about the glory of our eternal security in Jesus. Uh, Write down 1 Peter 1 and 5, John 10 and 28, John 6, 37 and 40. You can read that for yourself. Imagine having to keep yourself saved while you try to live for God. It's almost impossible. You can't keep yourself saved. He saved you, and he gave you a gift of salvation based on grace and his love. And all you have to do as uh, Paul comes along later and says in Romans, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and him risen from the dead, and you shall be saved. He wants you to be sanctified also. That's a word that we don't use in the Christian church as much as we used to uh, anymore. It means to be set aside for the work of God. He prays for his people to experience his joy, not just happiness, which is dependent upon circumstances, but joy. Hmm. That is rooted in the Lord and in the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Uh, Read at your leisure, Galatians 5 and 22. The world is all about happiness, brothers and sisters. Just watch TV. You will be happy if you drive a certain car, they say, or if you have this much money or this product or try this cosmetic. Jesus promises his people, his disciples, and his people joy. Joy lets you be confident and content when cancer ravages your body. Amen. Joy lets you praise him for the passing of a loved one if they're saved because you know that is not the end of their life and they will live eternity with him. Joy lets you stare adversity in the face with peace. Joy has nothing to do with happiness, but joy has everything to do with contentment, and contentment is priceless. You can't put a price tag on it. If you don't believe me, you ask someone who's been through hell and high water like so many of us, you would give anything for a peace of mind. But Jesus gives you that joy. It doesn't mean that you're devoid of tears or you're devoid of sadness or sorrow. What it does mean is that because you have the joy of the Lord, you are not defeated when these things come upon you to attack you or to try to destroy your relationship with Christ. He wants you to be separated. He wants you to... We separate us from the world system. We are in the world, but we are not of the world, the word of God says. He prays that his people will be kept from the influences of the world and of the devil. He wants his people to walk differently from the world around them. Read 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 when you get a chance. Everything we do should be analyzed in the light of our Savior's desire that we be separated. Glory to his name. To aid, uh, to aid us in our fight with the flesh and the devil, the Lord has provided all the resources we would ever need to be victorious in that battle. 
He has promised us the ability to win over temptation. He has promised us the ability to win over the tempter. That's, hallelujah, the devil. Glory to his name. We have the victory over Satan. Um, That song that we've got the victory, hallelujah, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. That song is theologically true because we do have the victory. Jesus wants you to be sanctified. The The word sanctified had the idea of purifying something so that it can be set apart for the exclusive use of the Lord. Glory to his name. When something is sanctified, it is made holy and it is set apart from the glory of God. Jesus wants his people to be purified and used for the Lord's glory. This sanctification takes place through the ministry of the word of God, and that's in John 17 and 7. As we spend time in the word of God, it exposes areas of our lives, of our life, pardon me, our lives, that need attention. When you read the word of God, you're meditating on the word of God, and you're not trying to look at your neighbor, but you're looking inward at yourself, it sheds light on those things that God will want you to get rid of in your life. And don't worry, there's nothing too hard for God. If you have a stronghold in your life, I come here tonight to tell you over this phone that nothing is too hard for God. God will break it. And sometimes you've got to understand some demons and some strongholds cannot be broken but through fasting and praying, okay? We become clearer and cleaner and, and, and more able to be sensitive to the voice of God spiritually and of greater use to the master. When we're so busy looking at the world system and being in the world and trying to please the world, then we miss out on listening and hearing, actually miss out on hearing God's instructions because we're so caught up in the world system, okay? Some are horrible. Some horrible things can be used against us when we are not clean for Christ, dirty, when we're dirty and cannot be used for him. The cleansing ministry of the word prepares us to be used by the hand of the master. Does he still love us when we um, have sinned? Does he still want to be our Lord when we say yes, but he prefers us to be holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy, the word of God says. The other thing he prays for is for our duty. There's a lot of lazy saints in the house of God. The truth be told, don't be offended because it's true. There are people who just come to church on Sunday and not dare content about it. But that's not why God saved you. God saved you for a purpose. God saved you for a specific work that he wants you to do, okay? So he prays here for your duty. All right, the duty of agreement. Christ desires for his people is that they be one. That is, he wants us to walk in unity. The secret is being able to disagree without being disagreeable. In other words, everything we do uh, must be done with a view of maintaining unity within the body. Notice the Lord's will for his people in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. Um, You can read that again, hallelujah, at your earliest convenience. Why is unity? Uh, why is unity so important to the church? Because we are a living advertisement for the Lord Jesus. When the world sees the people of God, they either see the presence of the Lord or the presence of strife. Where there is strife, there is confusion, and God is not the author of confusion. That's in First Corinthians fourteen and thirty-three. You have the duty, brothers and sisters, of affection. Not only is in um, he, as he is concerned about his people being in one mind, he also wants us to be in love with one another. 
and I'm talking about the, the agape kind of love. As Jesus brought his prayer to close, brothers and sisters, he took a minute to pray that we would be filled, that, he, that we would be filled with his love. That is, his desire to do what God created us to do, his desire to be saved, his desire to be active in the ministry, his desire to make a difference in the, starting in your community, okay? He wants his people to be characterized by the life of love one for another. This kind of love is God's demand for all of his children. You can't get by it. And the Bible said if you do not have this love, you're not of Christ. Jesus declares that our mutual love would be a sign that the world, to the world that we were genuinely of the Lord. And that's in John 13, 35. And it says, brothers and sisters, uh, by love the world will know that you are my disciples. Glory to God. Um, next to the last point is, in verse 24, he prays about your destination. Jesus declared that it is his will that his people be with him in his heavenly home. He wants you to go to heaven with him. There are two Greek words that are translated to will. They are one, thelo. It's, called, it's spelled T-H-E-L-O, which means, to, which means to purpose. You have a purpose for your life, and you have to have a purpose in your life. It is used for the will of God, which is um, unalterable and firmly fixed, right? It can't be one way today and another way tomorrow in purpose. It is the will of God, and the will comes to pass, his will. And the other word is bolamia. It's spelled B-O-U-L-O-M-A-I, which means to have a wish of desire about something. This word is used of God desires that may or may not come to pass depending upon the actions of others. For instance, this word is used in 2 Peter 3 and 9. It is not God's wish that any should perish. However, for that wish is to be realized, men must receive the Lord and receive the word of the Lord. In John 17 and 24, Philo is the word used. Jesus is saying, I am declaring that it is my purpose that everyone who receives me will be with me in heaven and will behold my glory. In other words, if you are saved, you are going home to be with Jesus when you die. Glory to God. Just, a, just as a reminder, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. John 14, 1 through 6, very familiar portion of Scripture. Do, let not your hearts be troubled. You know the rest of it. John 14, 1 through 6. It is a place like no other, all right, Revelations 21 and 22, where Jesus is the light and God will dwell in the midst of his people. Heaven is a far, great, it's far greater than we could ever hope, desire, or imagine for the redeemed people of God. It is home, and we will be there by, by and by. Heaven isn't anything like this world. Nothing... Um, nothing in this age could ever prepare us for heaven. Only the word of God gives us a brief description of what heaven is. As I conclude tonight, I'm grateful that Jesus took the time to pray for us, brothers and sisters, before he went to the cross to die for us. I am grateful that most of his prayer declared that, um, that every one of you who called on the name of the Lord would be saved. However, I would just remind us this evening that part of it, the sanctification part, the, um, is uh, to be separated 
Um, we have to learn that to be separated does not mean that we act better than people. It just means that we don't think like they do, think and do what they do. Amen. The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore because I'm sanctified. I'm set apart for God. I want God to use me. I can't be used by God if I have one foot in the world and the other foot in the church. Amen. I have to have both feet planted securely in the house of God and in his word. All right? Uh, the unity and the love are dependent upon us being willing to yield to his will for our lives. He prayed, and his prayer has been answered. Has it all been answered in your life? No, not yet. There are still there are millions and millions of people who will be saved before Jesus comes home. The Bible says that he will not come back until the whole world has heard the gospel. We need to keep our lamps trimmed and burning, brothers and sisters, because no man knows the day nor the hour when the Son of God will return. Amen. In this prayer, Jesus prays right before he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, and he had his disciples waiting there for him, Peter, James, and John, and you know the rest of the story, how he went to the inner courts of the garden, and he began to pray so profusely, as Luke says, his sweat became like drops of blood. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not, your, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible said that God sent an angel to encourage him. And Jesus got up. He was ready then. He went out. He was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. He uh, had to correct Peter about living by the sword. And then they took him to six different courts where they found no fault with him, but they still crucified him because the religious leaders wanted him dead. But thank God they wanted him dead because he gave his life that we might live. And they hung him on a cross, brothers and sisters, between two malefactors. And there's no uh, coincidence that those two gentlemen were there because Jesus wanted to show us even in death, there is still time, even intending death, pardon me, there is still time to call on the name of Jesus. I wouldn't suggest you wait until you almost die to call on his name because you miss all this joy and all this glory. Um, in living on earth because we don't wait till we get to heaven to get glory and enjoy Christ. We can enjoy him right here on planet earth because every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Can you say amen? Father, we love you. We thank you for this lesson tonight, Jesus' prayer, his high and exalted prayer. Father, help us to realize that in this life that we're living, we're not alone. We have a God. We have a Savior that's still yet praying for us. So, Father, help us to lean and depend on him and never feel as though we're alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to come off mute. John, I'll come off mute. Anybody have any questions or anything? This is the time to ask them. If there's uh, any announcements, this is your time to give them. So let me hear you. Amen, amen, amen. I hear somebody trying to talk. Amen. Do we have any questions? Have any concerns? Did you miss anything?